Welcome to the Pinning Combination Podcast. I'm KJ Pilcher alongside Dick Briggs, ready to tackle some of the uh, the results and happenings uh, in the college and high school wrestling world uh, this week. Uh, Coach Briggs, we are we are at uh, real one time of the year, really, when it comes to to all levels. Exactly. Particularly at high school, obviously, at the culmination of their season, uh, boys high school, the, uh, the uh, you know, for some, the highlight was the district tournament in, in that, and we'll talk about this, you know, some that, that qualified, just qualifying in, in itself is, is their mountain that they, they got to land on top of. And that's the, you know, where, the, you know, they're, not that they're not going to go down and compete, but, you know, they may not, they might be a lower seed, you know, high high teens in the 20s or whatever and and uh you know there's still a chance of placing isn't real great so they're kind of happy to just have qualified and then the other ones obviously want to land on top of that podium well you know the the interesting thing is uh and it's not just wrestling there are a lot of sports where the more probably the most uh tense and maybe the most nerve-wracking part isn't isn't getting or isn't being at state, it's getting there. Uh, you know, uh, I, I know talking to, to baseball players and and stuff that that district or sub state final was was you know tougher to to get through than actually going down and competing at state. There's a sense of okay, we're there now. It's now let's see how far you can go. You know, instead of oh, I got to get there. Um, obviously, there are elite competitors that aren't phased by that on either side. But, um, but like you said, for the most part, there are some people that getting there uh, was the the biggest hurdle. Now it's going down there, and uh, you know, a little icing on the cake maybe um, for them. Right, and uh, and kudos to the Iowa High School Athletic Association for bumping up the qualifiers from. 16 to 24. Uh, yes, some of those lower seeds are not going to have much of a chance to place, but you'll see a lot that will bust through and will place. And, uh, but, uh, you know, so that kind of helps even more enjoy that. Uh, you know, it's, and it doesn't hurt the, the association either because now it maybe bumps up your, your attendance totals and so, so forth. So, yep. <laughs> so it's a win-win all the way around. Do you have a team, do you have a team up with Briggs uh, subject? You know, I, I, I I did and I don't because I, I, here's what, this is kind of cool. As I was going through the state tournament and going, well, oh, that's the son of one of the guys that wrestled, one of the dads that wrestled for me. And this is the son of the, one of the dads that wrestled for me. And I'm going, you know, so I, in my head, I just quickly wrote down a couple this year. I mean, it's been year, you know, going on for years and, uh, but it's, it's kind of neat. So basically it's, I'm just saying congratulations to the, to the dads that wrestled for me at Jefferson and then continued to, to share that sport with their sons or daughters. And, uh, um, and so, you know, the, and I just a couple off the top of my head that, that came to mind, uh, Lucas Horak, a state qualifier for Marion was the son of George and star Horak. And actually, uh, a sad note star was in a, evidently in a car accident. Just, just last, last night, I, I saw pictures that George posted, out on Highway oh, 30, she's, she broke her leg and has a concussion and is all right. But if you look at the car, oh, man, it's scary. So, 
you know, thoughts and prayers whatever with, with Star and, and the Clorock family. But anyway, congratulations to Lucas for qualifying. And then River Williams. This is a great story. Albernet Russell, yep. uh, his, his dad, Spencer, got the winning takedown that broke the uh, the Prairie string of 100 really? Metro wins. And uh, so that was, that was, uh, so River Williams with the losing record, I think he's like, I've got it written down uh, in another sheet, like 25 and 26 on the season for Albernet and came through and was a state qualifier. I'm so happy for him. Uh, Kennedy has three of them on their team. Uh, well, two are my brothers, Kale and, and Colton Smithart, Russell for me, their yeah. dad, Jake. And, uh, and mom's a, was a Jayhawker as well. And her brothers, AJ and Matt Johnson, Russell for me. So big time Russell oh, okay. family. And then Loudon Bloxham uh, is the son of Nick who wrestled for me. Loudon's a, uh, named after the Loudon in the, in the movie. Uh, uh, Vision Quest. Vision Quest. Thank you. Syed <laughs> <And then laughs> Igram is, this, is the, the nephew of, of uh, Ali Igram, who was a state champ for me. He's, you know, his eyes at Jefferson. So anyway, just wow. something off the top of my head that makes me proud. I know every coach can come up, probably you know, do that. I'd hope, and but it's just kind of neat. I want to do some. And I know I've missed a, a few. That was just kind of jotting them down here, and and uh, it's fun because when we when we go into venues and and dads come and go say, Coach, how you doing? And you know, that's pretty neat. So, you know, this is uh, this is different, but uh, I had uh, I had my I had a taste of just really how old I was feeling Saturday at the Prairie district. Uh, I was looking through or the first person. Uh, I'll just say this first person I run into in the hallway, Cody Pujol from Iowa city West uh, said hi to him, came into the gym. Next person I see is Chris Hallblum. Who's an assistant coach at uh, Ankeny Centennial. Uh, of course, you know, his dad, his dad was a, a Jayhawk. There you go. Uh, Covered Chris at uh, um, Center Point Urbana and uh, and Alvernet when he was in high school. Sat down and got me to thinking and looking at the the uh, the staffs of the teams at that district. Six out of the eight teams, uh, I had covered at least one of their coaches when they were in high school. And so all but two, I think it was Newton and, and I'm not sure about Iowa City Liberty. Um, so those two, but um, Kennedy head coach, Nick LeClaire, Uh I covered him and his, his brothers at, at North Lynn. Um, there's a whole host of Cedar Rapids Prairie uh, coaches. Um you know, the uh, Sam Utah and Trey Blaha, Riley Welch, uh, uh, West from Highland and Solon. Um, that's there to, to name a name a few. Right. Um, you know, uh, Connor Herman at Cedar Rapids Jefferson. Uh, you know, uh, I covered him at Jeff and and Luther. Um, Blake Gillis. Uh, at Cedar Rapids, Washington, when, you know, when he was wrestling there, now an assistant. Um, so what, what team? Oh, and of course, Iowa City West, there's a whole slew of coaches on that staff from Nate Moore, uh, 
you know, I could still remember uh, talking to him right before the state tournament his junior year after he just had two real tough finals losses and remember sitting at the table talking to him at West saying, you know, just kind of how can you describe what you've been through? He goes, that sucked. And, you know, getting runner-up two years in a row and how he was focused. And, of course, he he finished off with two state titles. Uh, Pujol, um, Byron Tate, um, you know, I remember him and Mickey Sprague going at it. Um, uh, Zach Covington, you know, so a lot of uh, people on that staff um, as well. So I had my first real – Oh my God. I'm waiting for, you know, the second generation kid to come up and go, I think you covered my dad once. And, you know, it was like, oh. yeah, that'll happen. I mean, you could go all around, like, you know, Clayton Rush at Alburnett, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Kimo Kai uh, at uh, Linmar. Uh, yep. I'm not my head here. So, uh, oh, yeah. Bo Westfall at Linmar. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, um, uh, Boy, uh, Woods from Marion, um, he wrestled at West Delaware, covered covered him. I think we've covered everybody. Uh, you know, uh, I think Patrick Chambers is helping out at Xavier with his dad and then maybe a Drahazel or uh, what have you there. So, yeah, I think just about every metro in Iowa City school except for, for Liberty uh, – as an, at least an assistant that uh, I covered. Yeah. So cool. either, yeah, well, kind of cool, kind of sobering to know that I've been around for a long time. You don't look, yeah. you don't look like that could even happen. You're so young, man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Young and handsome. That's, uh, that's the best way to describe me. <laughs> so let's look at the uh, Iowa High School State Tournament. Coming up uh, this week, you know, uh, let's start in Class 3A with some of the, uh, you know, some of the brackets are are pretty loaded. Um, top qualifiers, Indianola. Indianola sending every single guy down. Uh, Bendor, Southeast Polk, they have 13 each. Then you've got Johnston with 12 qualifiers. Uh, Ankeny, Centennial, Fort Dodge, Waukee, Northwest, Waverly, Shell Rock with 11. And how about Clear Creek, Amana getting 11 through as well? Uh, record for the Clippers. Um, you know, and then you've got Bondurant, Ferrar at 10, uh, Linmar at 9. Iowa City High eight, so uh boy, this still think Southeast Polk is the team to beat, but oh yeah, you know, uh there, there's a lot of a lot of a lot of pieces to the puzzle and a lot of firepower teams are bringing down to Des Moines. Right. And that could knock off some some uh highly ranked and seated wrestlers that could change that team race completely. And we've seen that before, but I agree. Southeast Polk's the team on paper right now to beat. And, and uh, you know, Indiana has 14, but I don't know that they have the strength to really buy 
you know, with when when all of these you know these horses get going, you know, get placed, mm -hmm. I just don't know if they'll, they'll have enough with fourteen. Uh, but you know, it's, uh, Indian Wells had a great season so far. It's been fun to watch, you know, their their progress and and uh, kind of knocking off some of the big dogs and certainly hanging with them. And there's a a, a team you don't necessarily and they've always been good in wrestling, but you know you don't think of them being with the big dogs. So good for them. I just want to mention uh, the unbeaten wrestlers. Um, in Class 3A that are entering the tournament, you've got Weston Porter, Council Bluffs, Council Bluffs, Lewis Central, a freshman who's 32-0 at 106. Then you've got Tyler Harper of Norwalk, a senior who's 36-0 at 113. Carter Pearson of Southeast Polk, 35-0 uh, at 120. He's a junior. Kane Nakaborn of Lindmar, he's 33-0. Uh, in his senior season at 144. Then you've got Maximus Magena of Waterloo East, transferred from Waterloo Columbus here for his senior season. And he's 41 and 0, the number one seed uh, at 175. Then you have Drashawn Ross, a uh, fantastic sophomore from Fort Dodge. He's 43 and 0 at 215. And then a couple of heavyweights, uh, but not with a lot of matches in. Um, Andrew Price from Western Warren Valley. He's 3 0. Uh, he's actually at 215, not uh, heavyweight. And then Daniel Herrera of Ames, 14 0 um, in his senior season at heavyweight. So, um, you know, one of the ones, Kate Nockyborn, he's, uh, he's been extremely dominant this season. Um, 31 of his 33 wins have been by fall. Um, I think only four of four of his matches, four or five of his matches have reached the third period. That's it. The only match that's gone the distance uh, was against a uh, uh, kid from Apple Valley, Minnesota, in the finals of the Dan Gable Donnybrook. Um, he's been he's been a man on a mission. He's gone, I think, fifth, third, second. Uh, was a runner-up last year and now looking for that state title run. But he's put together a heck of a season, and uh, he's done it in dominant fashion. Right. And so at the end of the season, if if he is able to continue this this uh, run and get to the top of the podium, he's going to be certainly in the hunt for, for uh, the, is it the Dan Gable Award for the mm -hmm. top wrestler in 3A? So I absolutely, he's just, I mean, you think about that. How many matches do you say? Four matches have gone into the third period. That's crazy. Yeah, I think so. That's just crazy. Yep. And one of those was a tech fall over a three-time state medalist uh, from Mount Vernon, Jackson Jaspers, who if he makes a podium, he'll be Mount Vernon's first four-time state place winner since Greg Randall won four titles from like 79 to 82. So that tells you the caliber of kids that he's, he's done it against too. Right. He's not just kicking tomato cans around. <laughs> you know, it's going to be some interesting matchups, you know, if everything plays out like it, it might, I'm, I'm curious at, uh, uh, at uh, 57 with number one ranked of uh, seated, Grant Kress, I believe, and then yep. uh, and then uh, number two seeded uh, Kale Voinovich. Those guys kind of uh, 
Crest bumped up two weights, I think, at the conference and won the, the title there and, you know, to help the, the Linmar team try to help them win that conference. And then, uh, so <laughs> now we're going to see that, see how that plays out, you know, hopefully in the finals. Yeah, right, because we didn't see that the, the duel uh, beforehand. Crest had had some injuries and stuff. And, yeah, were you surprised to see Voinovich was a five? Now, I'm going to be fully honest. I don't exactly know the criteria. I know the association has it posted um, on its website. I just really haven't uh, scoured the, to kind of break it down very much. But, you know, I, I know he probably doesn't have the uh, Iowa. I don't know if they factor in his Oklahoma placings or anything like that. Um Here's how here's how surprised I was. I was still thinking he was the second seed when I made oh. it. <laughs> he was the five. Got it right here, fifth seed. And uh, and uh, in my mind, I'm still going. Yeah. So, am I surprised? Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of discrepancies in these in these uh, in these uh, rank, uh, seedings, and we'll get to some of them, you know, as we get move on. But probably more not not as many in three A, but there's some more, you know, some pretty glaring ones in in one and two A. But uh, yeah, that one surprised me actually. Okay, so here are the here's the criteria for for seeds. Um, there points to each qualifier based on the following factors: one, head-to-head -head competition, um, competition against common opponents, returning state champion, returning second or third place finisher in uh, the previous season, returning fourth through eighth finisher from the previous season, district champion versus district runner-up versus district third-place finisher, um, returning state qualifier in previous season, and winning percentage in current season. So I'm guessing the Oklahoma's – his history in Oklahoma wasn't factored in, and that's uh, that's missing a few points along the way, which might be the difference between second and fifth or even first and fifth. Yeah. And so. Cause he's had a fantastic year. Right. I don't get it. I guess I didn't look at the other three guys. I'm, I'm giving Crest the, the benefit there, but the other three guys, the two, three and four seeds. I mean, put, if he's on five and all of a sudden that makes that one seed and not necessarily the one seed. And, right, right. That's it's kind of interesting how it really changes the complexion of the bracket when you have somebody, um, for lack of a better term, out of place. Right. Um, yeah, and and maybe they'll, they'll maybe the competition will prove us wrong and the seat, seating committee right. But well, it, it, and here's the thing. So it's based solely pretty much on a formula, and I will I will give credit here. Um, Talking to Matt Shannon, who does a lot of the track wrestling for tournaments, and you know he's just uh, he, he does an awesome job. Let's say that straight, uh, right out of the gate. But uh, he showed the he showed uh, Jim Nelson, the uh, writer from the Courier, and I uh, the percentages and just the improvement that uh, the seeding formula has has had. Um, since they started you kind of using that uh, automatic uh, criteria and using the formula or whatever technical jargon 
that goes into applying that stuff and, and spinning out one through 24 that now, now it's close to about like a 10% uh, inaccuracy. So you're, you're getting 90% of the uh, results that are kind of hitting the seeds, right? So they're about 90, 90% correct. Um, and you know, you're going to get, that's about as good as you're going to get, um, you know, even with experts in a committee, you know, using the computer formula. Um, I think more often than not, uh, they do a good job with that said, this is a glaring thing where I wish they could kind of apply a, a common sense thread to it. Um, and be able to move things around after they get the initial one through 24 and go, yeah, you know, she needs to be here. He needs to be there, you know, cause you've seen it both in the girls and the boys. Um, you know, and I think this is a, this is an example of, yeah, you know what, if you really kind of looked at it, you would realize that's probably uh, a lower seed than, he really kind of earned or deserves. Okay, so let's go here. Since that's what, what the computer kicks out and explain this to me. It's a little bit complicated, so try and follow with me. Okay, so I'm at 113-2A. Braden Bonesack from Union is the number one seed. Yep. He has four losses. The number two seed is, is 33-1. and one. And then the the uh at 165 and i'm going to come back to that 113 and actually let's continue on with it okay so then let's go to 1a 113 gavin landers from denver is 41 and zero and he 11th and is and he has four wins over braden bonesack the number one seed in 2a how in the world is he the 11th seed that's quality wins the number one seed in and, and I'm like, what? So the number one seed has one loss. The number two seed has six losses. Six losses. The number three seed has three losses. The number four seed has five losses. And Gavin Landers is 41 and 0 in, 11, in the 11th seed and has four wins over the number one seed in 2A. Unbelievable. So 160, yeah. another mess in 2A. So, so here's, here's an explanation about Landers that, um, it's it doesn't make it any better, you know, but the the criteria three through five, so three three criteria out of eight, so almost half, is based on past qualify you know accomplishments. And he's a freshman, and he's a freshman, so he gets kind of he gets screwed. Um, and that's where, you know, the, uh, that's where the, the common sense has to ring in where, you know, it's, it's great to give yourself, uh, you know, the track formula, you go one through 24, you kind of get an idea, but then I think you need human eyes to go through and look and go, okay, this, this is, off, you know. Okay, he's a freshman, and I know that might open up a can of worms, but um, I think you just pointed out a good uh, 
a scenario that shows they probably need to go through and apply kind of a human, you know, not subjectivity, but, you know, common sense to go through and point out, okay, this is something we need to take a look at and adjust. Right. And here, another, another mess is at 165-2A, where Max Gast is, is back. He's been he's been hurt, but he's back in the lineup. He has only losses to the number two seed. Yeah, I noticed that too. And then, Xavier Ellington. Right. And it was recent. Right. It was a recent loss too. It's not like it was, you know, the beginning of December. Exactly. That was just the state duels. And then uh, Hayne, Brendan Hayne from uh, Benton Peary, his only loss is the no, to number one or to the number seven seed. He lost nine to four in districts. The number seven seed is 16 and 0. So yeah. he, he has a loss. To, he beat the number four seed and is seated below him and has no losses. I don't get it. And yeah. uh, the number three seed has three losses. So, and why is Hang, first of all, fourth? And then why is Young not above Hang? So it's a mess in some cases. No, uh, for sure. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I think well, ben, well, ben Hupke and I were discussing that yesterday too. So that was another. Thanks, Ben. Really? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so there there's some work to do there is some success to it um but it could always be better right and i think you see the kind of some scenarios where uh it would be helpful to to kind of have some tweaks and and changes too so um it's not going to be perfect but I'll tell you what um I like this better than the random draw. That's for sure. Amen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Since yeah, this family was victim, and and as a coach, I was victimized. I'll say, by yes, that. you know, it was ridiculous. The number one and two seed met as as soon as they possibly could in this family. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, um, any oh. Uh, any weight classes that really kind of kind of stand out to you in 3A as being uh, kind of up in the air? Um, you know, kind of look at uh, uh, 106. 106 is interesting. Um, we mentioned Porter's undefeated. He's number three seed. You've got uh, uh, Southeast Polk. Uh, DeSalvo is number four. Uh, and then you've got Dylan Munson, who's the top seed from Cedar Rapids Prairie, state medalist from uh, a year ago. Uh, really put in a lot of work in the off season on freestyle, and and has made gains. And uh, he looked dominant uh, uh, Saturday at Prairie. Um, you know, he was uh, he was winning in the finals of I think twelve zero, getting back points before he finished off a pin. Um, so, uh, Dylan Munson looks good coming into this, uh, this one, but I think it's kind of a wide open field with, uh, you know, those three, you've got, uh, Hutchinson from Burlington as number two. Um, you know, so you've got some, uh, quality kids and I wouldn't, uh, uh, look past, uh, you know, um, the Dowling kid, um, as well. Yeah. Um, when you ask me if there's any weights, so I'm going to, I'm going to expand that across the weights and just say, you know, I, I, 
that 32 pound uh and I'm uh, with Seton uh and and uh, Jason Luna from Bettendorf I assume that'll be the finals match that's that's going to be a heck of a burner but let's go back so the number one seeds uh from the uh, Mississippi Valley actually did pretty good I think they had Munson uh from Prairie Pierce is number one from from uh, West at 113 then you got mm -hmm. uh, first at 144 and, and Grant Crest first at 157 and then mm -hmm. you know Seton's number two but that one could you know who knows with, with me and Luna that could certainly be reversed uh so they, they did pretty well in time in, in that respect I guess they right Valley. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I chose, uh, you know, uh, they might not have uh, a real strong showing in the team race, but the individuals there, um, really, really strong from from the various programs uh, in the MVC. Uh, speaking of uh, um, one thirty. 132, uh, you can um, go to gazette.com for a lot of our uh, uh, preview content. Um, we've got uh, class by class breakdown of qualifiers and uh, synopsis, uh, even predictions, even though I'm going to tell you right now, hate doing predictions, especially wrestling predictions, because the only thing that's Predictable is it's going to be unpredictable over the next four days um, in Des Moines, but they're there for you to chat about and uh, strike up a conversation maybe on your drive down um, to Des Moines. But uh, I also will have uh, some storylines to keep an eye on and a feature on Kale Seaton. Uh, I tell you what, uh, I've talked to a lot of really, really good kids over the years in, in different sports, and uh, I really was impressed after talking to Kale Seaton. Just a, a lot of different things uh, with him coming in, number two seed. You know, remember last year, thought his season was over. Uh, he wrestled on, on a hurt knee, uh, won a state title. You know, had uh, – had surgery two days after uh, the championships. Um, then went, oh, about uh, six and a half months um, off the mat. He had to go through physical therapy after he got it surgically repaired. Um, you know, just kind of attacked um, his rehab like he attacks opponents. He just was relentless. Um, would do what they told him to do or what he was allowed to do. Then it was on to the next thing. So he was doing as much as he could to get to the next uh, step in the healing process. Uh, he talked about how he picked up uh, biking. Uh, he couldn't wrestle, couldn't run. So when he got to the point where he could bike, it was aerodyne. He'd go outside and, and ride a bike. He did that, just kind of drove it into the ground, he said. Um, until he got to the point where he could start uh, running. And then at the end of August, got back on the mat for some light drilling. Um, said he really gained a huge appreciation 
for the opportunities, you know, that he had. Uh, could sound cliche, but, you know, having it kind of stripped away from you into where you can't even be on the mat for, you know, a half a year. I mean, when you think about that, that's, you know, um, that's something he probably never gone that long uh, not being on a mat wrestling or even competing. And, you know, he just had to deal with it. Uh, had, uh, had a dominant season, lost, uh, I think it was an 8-6 decision um, to Luna from Bentendorf in the finals. And he talked about how uh, how he's handled that loss um, as he gets ready. And, you know, it was interesting. He just kind of mentioned, the, you know, you have three, three days to turn things around. And you hang your head for an hour, and then you just have to get back, get back to work. And it's unfazed, and he's handled it uh, with a lot of maturity. Um, to where, you know, he's learning from it. He realized, you know, I if I'm not attacking, people can hang with me, and that's what happened. And he started wrestling. He finally started wrestling uh, aggressively in the last minute of that district final. Uh, but it was kind of uh, too late. Um, and he lost and, you know, just he's focused and uh, really has a drive to, to get back on top. Um, thought it was kind of interesting that is, uh, you know, wrestling as a sport, as you know, uh, it's family oriented, right? Where usually it's a dad or an uncle or a brother that, that uh, people kind of follow into the sport. Uh, now, maybe even a sister. And for him, that wasn't the case. Um, his parents uh, were strangers to the sport, uh, but were super supportive uh, from the get-go. Um, he also talked about the, uh, the relationship with Kale Kurtz um, and even Kale Voinovich this year, too, is, you know, workout partners. But uh, Kale Kurtz and Kale Seaton have been uh, practice partners just about since they're in fourth grade. Um, and he, I thought it was very, uh, uh, very nice. Kale Seaton really credited Kale Kurtz. Um, said he uh, he wouldn't be in this position if it wasn't having a, a teammate like Kale Kurtz to to kind of push him and, and be there to work out with him along the way. So. Uh, look forward to that feature on the gazette.com later this afternoon. Um, but I thought that was uh, uh, a really neat conversation uh, I got to have with him. And uh, like you said, kind of looking forward to that possible rematch Saturday night between Luna and Seton. Right. Good kid. Got to know him a little bit last year at that, that uh, uh, Matt man tur uh, youth tournament that they host. And uh, um, I would say this, a kid like that that has so much history, so much uh, wrestling under his belt, having that time off, it doesn't necessarily hurt, hurt you. It might revise you, kind of regenerate you, rejuvenate you. And, uh, and then uh, as far as losing this match, I'm just going to say this. When you get knocked down, get back up and get back on that bicycle. <laughs> yep. That's, uh, he said something very similar. So, so hey, uh, so team-wise, I think we're in agreement Southeast Polk is the team to beat. Who else do you think uh, will come away with trophies in Class 3A when it's all said and done? 
Gosh, I, I'm not counting out Linmar. They have that strength. They can do that. Um, City High has some horses. I don't know if they have enough depth, though, to, to put them up in that top three or four. Um, Centennial is pretty decent. Um, um, Fort Dodge has some horses. Uh, well, I don't know. Who do, you, who do you think? Who am I forgetting? I, I'm going with uh, Southeast Polk, Bettendorf, and Fort Dodge as my top three. Yeah. Um, and I, I think Linmar, uh, I think Linmar will be knocking right on the door of the top three. Um, I can see them uh, finishing fourth again as well, uh, getting another top five finish um, as well. So. I think though I think they're there if somebody falters in front of them. Um, I could see them, you know, being able to move into third. I think it's gonna be tough, but uh right now my top three I've got uh, Southeast Polk, Bentendorf, Fort Dodge, and Linmar close behind. And who knows, maybe Indianola will sneak in there at fourteen. Yeah, oh yeah, there there's a, a number of teams that certainly um could end up in one of those positions come come Saturday night. Um, okay, so who is your pick to click? Say, say that again. If you had if you had to bet the if you had to bet the uh, proverbial farm on oh. one state champion uh, in Class Three A, who would it be? Uh, well. You, a lot of people would say Deshaun Ross at Fort Dodge. Yep. Uh, I'm going to say – I'm going to go with Kane Nakamura. I think he's on a roll. He's a uh, local kid. I like him a lot. I like the family. And, and uh, um, boy, there's some strength in the in the Southeast Polk team too. So I'm going to go with Nakamura. Um, I am – boy, there – like you said, there's a – View that you could really um, bank on. Ross is a great pick. Um, you know, Nakaborn as well. Milwaukee Northwest kids with uh, uh, Christensen and, and possibly Freeman, even though, uh, um, you know, 38 could be one of those wide open weight classes. You know, you've got Coy Davidson, you've got. Uh, uh, Kale Kurtz and, and some others there. The one I'm going to go with is Alexander Pierce from Iowa City West. Solid. You know, his his one loss, uh, I think, came to an out-of-state uh, wrestler uh, early in the season in Des Moines. He's been er, um, in December. Um, he's been dominant at 113. Um, I, I really – Really like him to to repeat and get his second title. I think that's a solid choice for sure. Uh, if you had a, an upset or or a dark horse uh, Cinderella pick, have you have you looked at uh, maybe somebody outside of the top? Oh, let's say top four um, seeds. Somebody that you look at and go, this would be somebody I would. Uh, Take a look at, right, or, or pick. 
one stands out to me right away from what we've already talked about, but. Hmm. You want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you could maybe agree with me. I don't know, but uh, Kill Voinovich. Well, I was gonna say that. Yeah, he's a five seed, and that's one that uh, that really kind of stands out. But he has to go through Cress in the semifinals, assuming he beats the four seed. And yep. now that now it becomes to me a toss up. So that's that's. A tough pick because he has to go through, you know, cross, which he may that may happen. I don't know. So I, I'm going to go with maybe a three seed. I, I just that Justin uh, uh, Avila of uh, of oh. West. I mean, that family has always proven they know how to win. So he's a three seed, but so he's a little higher than than you than you said. But uh, um, I I'm just going to. I just, I kind of have, I don't know. I'd like to that to happen. Like you said, 38 with Kurtz maybe, but that's such a tough, deep weight. I, I can't I have a hard time picking him. Sure. So I'm going to go with Justin, I guess. Uh, and he's wrestling really well. Go to the gazette.com. I featured him from the district at Prairie where, uh, you know, uh, he was fourth. Remember he was all the way up at 170 as a freshman because Iowa City West had that, uh, middle of the lineup that included his brother and Hunter um, um, Garvin. Um, uh, I believe there was another Scranton um, in the Kale Scranton, maybe um, in there. He had to go all the way up to 170. He placed fourth at state last year. Uh, you know, he was down to 145, more of a natural weight. Um, and Think he goes one two or oh two um at the state tournament the person that beat him in the quarterfinals uh lucas Broll from ankeny centennial who does he face in the final the finals at district lucas Broll mentioned he had that circled on the mat or circled on the calendar uh from a year ago he ends up avenging that loss um over the top rank role, that's uh, I think that's a good pick, uh, as well. He certainly is wrestling well, um, and uh, had a big win going to propel him into the state tournament. So, uh, I think that would be a good one as well. Um, you can look at all my uh, dumb individual uh, uh, predictions from uh, class 3a at the gazette.com. So, we'll move on to to class two a where I think this is this could be as crazy and wild as the state duels. Um, looking at uh, the top qualifiers, you've got Creston with eleven, Sergeant Bluff Luton with nine. Then you've got uh, Carroll, Mount Vernon, New Hampton, Turkey Valley, and Osage with eight apiece. And then at seven qualifiers, you've got Algona, Burlington, Notre Dame, Davenport Assumption, Decorah, Glenwood, North Polk, Sioux City, and West Delaware. So a lot of teams coming in with, uh, you know, a, a lot of bullets in the chamber. Um, you know, and then you've got teams like Animosa that's got uh, six wrestlers and a couple, uh, you know, highly seated guys. Um that could uh, could factor into top ten finishes. 
right? That's the Scrantons. And uh, um, we got one uh, Hudson at 50 that's seated fourth. And then you've got uh, Austin at 175 who's seated number one. Now, and, and a, a side, no, side note on Anamosa, th they won their district title. That's the first time they've won that district title, according to Athletic Director Brett Jones, ever. Oh, wow. So then Anamosa has just done, a, it really, with all sports, they have really have, have soared under the leadership of their coaches and, of course, uh, Brett Jones. Uh, looking at this, I mean, do you think the team race uh, could be as muddied as, you know, maybe the state duels field was? Or, you know, is a, is a team – like Osage, if they wrestle to their seeds, um, are they going to be too hard to catch? Well, I think Osage is definitely the front runner in 2A. But if it gets muddy like that, then I think you're going to find that Mount Vernon has a chance to to you know swim through those muddy waters and and, and maybe end up on top. But they also have you know Wilton and uh, 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 not Wilton. Uh, some of the other schools that they'll that'll buy into a, but uh, you know, some, maybe some of the local ones you might see hunting top five, like an Independence or a West Delaware again. You know, it's kind of a little bit of a long shot for those teams, but to to do that, but it's not out of the, it's not impossible. Sure, sure. Uh, I I'm really intrigued to see um, kind of where. Uh, Creston and Sergeant Bluff Lutenar, you know, they come in as two of the top qualifiers, and you know they they did a great job at state duels, right? Finishing one two there. I just don't know if they have those top level point scores in a tournament format to to break through. Like you know, Osage, they've got seven qualifiers, five are number one seeds. That's crazy. And you know you've got, and I mean they're they're legit title contenders. When you know you've already got uh, what uh, defending champs and um, well, Blake Fox and Tanger uh, Tucker Stangle, uh, Andres Kittleson, um, he was a state runner-up last year. He's number one at one forty-four. Uh, you mentioned Gas, the other heavyweight. Uh, uh, Mac Mueller, um, you know, he got fourth last year. So these these are legitimate uh, guys that uh, could win it all. Um, that that would be huge, and that would be hard to overcome. But if there's stumbles along the way, then it opens up, like you mentioned, a team with more balance and, and a few uh, high-point scores, like a Mount Vernon, you know, with the Jaspers. Uh, Clayton Perot at 106, it's uh, the number one seed. You've got Mikey Ryan, that's a five. Uh, Ethan Wood, that's a five at heavyweight. So, you know, if Osage stumbles, the team with that balance could could move in. Uh, right. That's where I would like Mount Vernon's chances, um, you know, to, to maybe bust that. And then you've got to look at Union. Yeah. Union's a team where they've got quantity or quality over quantity. Right. And that's that's what I was thinking. When I said Wilton, I was thinking Union, and that's that's uh, obviously Wilton's 1A. But Union and also I think that West Western uh, uh, or uh, Burlington Notre Dame 
Um, oh yeah, brings their strength in as well. So those you know, Union and Burlington Notre Dame could be the ones that land on top of the heap. I, you know, uh, wasn't it Burlington Notre Dame uh, three years ago? Was it that? Uh, uh, I'm not sure how long it's been, but it's been fairly recently since. Yeah, uh, on top of that, so <laughs> they won it. Yeah, so you never know, right? Right. So here, here's one item of note uh, from 2A. Um, Jace Hedeman from Union, uh, junior, top seed at 126. He's going for his uh, third title. Uh, he was undefeated through his first two seasons, uh, winning at 106 and 113. As I mentioned, he's at uh, 126 this year. He's 41 and 1 this season. Uh, and he's got 130, 135 and one career record. That lone loss came in the finals of the Benton Community uh, Bobcat Jerry Eckenrod Invitational, where he got beat by Colfax Christensen, who's the top seed in 3A. Uh, that was a one nothing match where Christensen got an escape in the second and then rode uh, Hedeman out in the third. Um, it's talking to some some coaches, uh, you know, he really took that as a, as a chance to, to learn from that. Um, similar to what Seton said um, for, for him, uh, it was just kind of a, a realization that, you know what, you, you can't hold or protect anything. You've got to be aggressive. You got to go um, and, and really look to score and, and not keep things close. Um, you know, he's under the tutelage of Max Thompson, uh, who was a four-time champ at Union, uh, All-American at uh, UNI. And I think there's a lot – I think there are a lot of parallels uh, with Hedeman and, and Thompson as far as the way they wrestle in their careers. Remember, uh, Thompson lost to Philip uh, Lux um, at the Battle of Waterloo. Uh, I think that was his freshman year, though. Um, and then he went on a roll after that, uh, after he lost that, didn't didn't lose again. I think Hedeman um, is kind of in the same same boat a little bit. And, of course, uh, Brandon Bonesack is a returning state champ for Union as well. You've got Caleb Olson, who's a three-seed at 150, but I'm picking him to win it uh, there. So uh, you, you got Coy Maylert uh, at 106. That, that certainly – has the potential to be on the award stand. So we've seen teams like a Dubuque Wallet. Remember, they won with four qualifiers, if I remember right. Um, you know, it can be done, especially in 2A and uh in 1A. Um, especially in 2A when, when you have that uh things are kind of spread out a little bit um amongst the teams and Keep an eye on Hedeman's quest to kind of stay on track uh, to be a four-timer like like Thompson um, and how that might boost and and where Union ends up falling as far as the team race goes. Right. And, uh, you know, um, I I don't know if it can get spread out or not. It depends on Osage, right, with those five yeah. horses. And uh, if something happens there, then for sure. Uh well, I, I just mean like 2A seems to be the one class where you really can come in with a handful of guys 
and if they all do well, the points usually get right. dispersed. Mm-hmm. Or there seems to be more parity in 2A compared to the others where you can make a run with just four uh, four or five guys. Absolutely. Uh, for sure. And then, you know, you mentioned Union. They're, they're very solid, you know, with, with their with their horses, but they've got a couple other ones. Um, I, I, I wanted to do a shout-out to – to uh, the Benton Community Program that mm-hmm. that's just been you know, just been climbing very much, kind of like the Clear Creek Amana Program, just really doing a good job of, of in this case rebuilding their program. And, and it's it, it's been a long time coming with you know because they, they, they've had a couple of different coaches through the, the last few years. I think there's a third one in maybe five or six years. Uh, so you know um, it's it's been nice to see that. But that, they have. Uh, I think three or four that are ranked in the top eight. Elijah Kupka at, at 132 is this eighth seed. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, um, Brennan Hang is the fourth seed at 165. And Troy Kupka is the eighth seed at, at 190. I don't know if I missed anyone in there. but So that's kind of neat to see those. You know, those guys are in line to get a medal if they wrestle to their seed. And that'd be pretty nice for that, for that wrestling program. For sure. For sure. Uh, well, like we did in 3A, uh, you have uh, an idea of how you think uh, the top three teams will will play out? Uh, well, I know how I'd like it. I'm going to go with these three. I'm going to go Osage 1, Union 2, Mount Vernon 3. Really? That's just how, off the top of my head. I have no... We we are a lot closer than I thought we would be. Um, I have Osage one, Mount Vernon two, Union three. Well, there's my heart. (laughs) (laughs) We we need guys like Mikey Ryan to step up and maybe win a title there instead of. But you know the Ryan family knows how to do that, so so uh, that could certainly help that Mount Vernon program. Right. Um. Just kind of looking. Um. I think. you know, 120 is a weight class. I think could be uh, could be like up in the air. Um, you know, you've got uh, Caden Weber, who's uh, top ranked from Nevada, um, as the number one. Vinny Mayberry uh, from Glenwood is the number two. Carter Schmaus of Presswood, uh, the number three seed. Um, but I think this is a this is a pretty deep uh, field that you're looking at um, there. Uh, you know, you've got Braden Maori, uh, who's the number six seed in there. I, I think this is, I think that's a, that's a bracket that might be uh, uh, kind of interesting to follow throughout. Um, as far as uh, kind of a pick to click, uh, the one that you might think a lock uh, uh, could be. Do you have anybody like that um, for this group? For oh, oh, I might have to go with Pediman <laughs> at 126. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. Uh, closely followed, I think, by uh, Tucker Stengel um, at, at 157 um, as well. So, um, as far as uh, any Cinderella 
picks um, based off seeds. Now, I'm going to say this based off seeds because my pick is somebody that um, shouldn't be uh, shouldn't necessarily be in um, an under an underdog or uh, fit this category, but because of the seeds, he he does. Who are you going with? Uh, Kate Bloom from Roland Story. Uh, he's the number six seed at 132, which I think is a little bit of a head scratcher, even though, um, you know, you've got Dietzenbach from Burlington, Notre Dame, who's a legit one. Um, you know, Beam from Glenwood, uh, unbeaten as well. But, um, you know, and this is a weight that's pretty deep, but uh, I, I'm i going with Bloom from Roland's story. Um as a six seed, kind of that underdog or, or Cinderella one. But when you look at the weight class, you you know you've got Aaron Boone, um, you know the junior from Washington who who's been awesome since his freshman year. He's number three seed at forty two and one, and then you've got Mason Avila from Decora, uh, returning state medalist, um, thirty one and two. So you've got you know a heck of a a group of of wrestlers there seated in front of him, but um, I think he should be higher. And I like him getting through. All right. I'm going to go with, uh, we talked, I talked about him briefly earlier mm -hmm. with uh, the number seven seat, Colin Young at 165 from Dubuque Waller. He's undefeated, has beaten Hying, who's the fourth seed, who should be higher seated, in my opinion, mm -hmm. you know, with that mess we were talking about. But so I'm going to go with Colin Young and Dubuque Waller. Yep. Uh, and I mentioned the uh, unbeaten uh, qualifiers. Clayton Perot of Mount Vernon's 42 and 0 uh, at 106. He's a senior. You got Carson Doolittle of Webster City, 39 and 0, a senior at 126. Uh, mentioned Bloom. He's 36 and 0, uh, a senior at 132. Beam also at 132, a senior from Glenwood, 35 and 0. Andres Kittleson, uh, who uh, remember his father, Ryan Kittleson, was a state champ at Decora. Uh, back in the early 90s. Um, he's 41-0 at 144 for Osage. Uh, his teammate Tucker Stangle, 50-0 at 157. Uh, you mentioned Colin Young. He's 16-0 at uh, 165 for Waller. Uh, Austin Scranton of Anamosa, 45-0, a junior, 175. Uh, Daniel Gorski uh, from Knoxville, 32-0 at 175. Jarrett Roos. Of Sheldon South O'Brien, 24 and 0 at 190, and then uh, two at heavyweight, Mac Mueller, Osage, 45 and 0, and then Paul Ballard from Albia, 37 and 0. Um, there as well. Um, and one other thing, too, we mentioned uh, Scranton being undefeated for Anamosa. Two of his wins um, have come against uh, Brent Yankovic um, from West Delaware at 175. I think that might be one of the more entertaining um, semifinals uh, on Friday. Uh, Yankovic has uh, not lost since his second loss to uh, Scranton in the first couple weeks of the season. Both of those uh, then coming in the first two weekends of December, actually. Um, and he's been unbeaten since. And, of course, Scranton um, undefeated. Um 
this season in the number one seed. So uh, that's one to keep an eye out uh, for the semifinals um, coming up. And again, our our predictions uh, posted at thegazette.com as well. Uh, we'll move on to 1A. The, this has all the makings of – it could go one of two ways. It could go, uh, I think, dominant Don Bosco or uh, it could be a real uh, fun team race between Don Bosco, Albernet, Wilton, um, Nashua, Plainfield in Class 1A. I would agree. It's up to Don Bosco if it's going to be a, a one-man show or, or he's, they're going to allow other people in. <laughs> so looking at the top qualifiers, you've got 11 from Malbrunette, 10 from Don Bosco, Nashville, Playfield, and Wilton. Uh, so that's kind of a wash with uh, all four of those teams. Then at nine, you've got Jessup and West Branch, two teams uh, not necessarily um, – Blue Bloods, I guess you would say, when it comes to wrestling. But Jessup's had a fantastic season this year. Uh, you know, great showing at uh, uh, the state duels where they got fifth. Uh, lost to uh, Don Bosco uh, in the first round and came back with two wins. Um, and their first state duels appearance. And, of course, uh, set a dual, a dual wins record for the program. Now they've got nine guys uh, and a couple that uh, are, are legit contenders for state titles. Um, but uh, uh, just another example of uh, what they've been able to accomplish this season. Um, eight qualifiers from Hinton, Oakland, Riverside, Wapsie Valley, and then seven from uh, Logan, Magnolia, Underwood, West Hancock, Woodbury Central. Um, to round out the top qualifiers there in class 1A. Who are your undefeated guys in 1A? Uh, in 1A, you've got Hayden Schwab from Don Bosco at 106, 34-0. Gavin Landers from Denver, as you mentioned before, at 113, he's 41-0. Jesse Lewis of West Sioux, a junior at 42-0 at 126. Uh, Tanner, Tanner Aris of North Butler, Clarksville. The seniors 43 and 0 at 132. You got Blake Allen from Underwood, who's 17 and 0 uh, as a senior at 138. Uh, Dylan Stein of Lennox is 47 and 0, a junior um, at 138. Corbin uh, Rice of Logan Magnolia, he's 43 and 0 at 144. Uh, then Colt Kanak of North Tama, 43 and 0 at 144. Tyler Kanak. Of Don Bosco, 24 0 at 157. Uh, Titus Evans, Nashville Plainfield, is 27 0 at 175. McCade Bloker, North Butler, Clarksville, is 36 0 at 190. Uh, Loudon uh, Gay of Waco, he's 34 0 at 190. And then Mason Knipp of Waterloo, Columbus, 34 0 at heavyweight, uh, a senior there uh, for the Sailors. And uh, the grandson of Steve Knipp, is that correct? Very well, it could be. I don't know that. I, I, I think it might be, but don't quote me on that. I could be making that up. But um, so those those guys, uh, and then the prediction team predictions for me: Don Bosco, Albernet, Wilton. Um, that wouldn't surprise me if Nashville Plainfield or even Jessup sneaks in there uh, in the top three, um, three to five range. 
I don't think Jessup has the firepower to do that. So I'm going to drop them and I'm going to go with Don Bosco, Albernet, and Wilton. <laughs> okay. That's the, so our top three are the same. Yeah. yeah. So, um, do you have a pick to click as far as state champions go? Uh, I, yes, I do. I, I think uh, Schwab's the click to pick at, at 106. He's just been very dominant throughout the he, year. He's been. He's been fantastic uh, um, throughout. Um, and I'll include uh, – had to go back and look here. And I know it's not uh, uh, outside of the top three, but I think the lowest-seeded uh, state champ I have um, – is Ryan Stiles from Earlham at 165. Kind of going uh, with that. Um, as one of my uh, um, maybe Cinderella champs. Okay, so Cinderella. Or actually, I take that back. Uh, uh, Gavin Landers. Um at one thirteen, I was gonna say that's that's the the obvious one uh, at eleventh seed, forty one and zero. So I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, that's the obvious. So I'm gonna leave that him be, yeah, with him. So I'm gonna go somewhere else. Anything can happen at heavy at heavyweight, and usually does. So mm -hmm. so you've got Cody Fox, who's a beast. I mean, I get, got to ref him at uh, um, Anamosa Invitational and can hardly raise his hand. He's so big. <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, so he's the number two seed, but Aiden Sadow from Coconut Valley beat him recently. Right. And so, and so do I go with Sadow as a long shot? I mean, I'm looking, we're looking for long shots, right? And, mm -hmm. I, and so, I mean, other than Landers, because it was low seed, you know, that makes the obvious pick. So I'm going to go away from the obvious and just go with Salo. At that's, uh, from the Valley, so, that's a that's a legitimate one for sure. Okay. Um, a couple of things to kind of keep an eye out. We mentioned the the team race. Uh, you know, Albernet was a half point back of Nashville Plainfield last year for third. Um, you know, with Don Bosco Wilton going one two. Um, I think you're going to see a similar type team race. For two through four again uh, this year, I think Don Bosco, uh, the way they looked at state duels and what they have in their lineup, I think they're heavy favorites and it's theirs to lose. But Albernet certainly um, right in the mix from two through four. Um, and they will be looking for their first trophy uh, since winning the 2016 1A title. So uh, we'll see if the Pirates can um, – bring home some team hardware to go along with uh, some of the hardware where the individuals will uh, bring home. Uh, we mentioned the heavyweights. Um, the one thing that the top two heavyweights have in common, do you know what that is? Uh, no. The top two seated uh, Knip and Cody Fox, they are going to be teammates on the University of Iowa football team next year. Uh, Fox is 
one a, a very highly ranked, uh, highly touted offensive lineman, um, and and he is signed to go to the University of Iowa. Knip recently committed to play uh, uh, for the Hawkeyes as a walk on. Um, so here, possibly Saturday night, we could have a, uh, a battle of future Hawkeye football players. Um, in the finals, and that's not the only time that's happened. I'm thinking back to 2003. I'm pretty sure New Hampton's Mike Humple beat Mount Vernon's Matt Fields, uh, in the state finals that year. And of course, uh, those two went. Uh, that was the two A two fifteen finals. Those two ended up being Hawkeye football teammates, um, as well. So, uh. Think Kirk Ferentz might be watching the old uh, uh, final Saturday night if that happens. That'd be that'd um, be that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, and then uh, one other uh, uh dis- I have a district uh, feature uh, heading into last weekend's district meet on uh, Keaton Moeller of uh, Starmont. Um, he's the number one seed at one fifty and one a. Sophomore finished third a year ago. Uh, he's 42 and one. His only loss is Andres Kittleson um, in 2A. So he hasn't lost to a 1A foe uh, this year. Um, if he can wrestle to a seat, so if he can come away with a state title here, he will be Starmont's first state champion since. Do you have an idea? Starmont, Starmont. Striker? <laughs> Which one? Uh, not Doug. Uh, You're correct. Kent. I, I can't remember. What is it? Kent. Yeah, Kent. Kent Stryker, yeah. Yeah, Kent Stryker uh, was a three-time state champ. Uh, he won, uh, let's see, titles in 86, 87. Then he lost in the finals to uh, Chad Zapital. I Of course, Iowa fans will recognize that in 88 and then he came back and won his third title as a senior um, in 1989 so that's 35 years Starmont has gone without a state champion so if Keaton Moeller comes away with a a title it'll be the first time the school will have a state wrestling champ uh, in 35 years so uh, something to kind of keep an eye out it would be their seventh overall. We mentioned three from Kent Stryker. Doug Stryker was a two-time champ, uh, winning in 86 and 87, uh, 138, 145 in 2A uh, back then. And then Jack Feeler uh, was the program's first state champion um, in 1972, winning the 105-pound title. So uh, some some storylines there in, in 1A to kind of keep an eye on um, this week. Uh, one one comment on the the Albernet duel that was held in Jewel. I had to look and see where Jewel was. Oh, it's it's uh between Ames and Webster City. It's north of Ames. Uh, it's about two hour drive from my house anyway. <laughs> so it's even longer from Albernet. Uh, right. Albernet had five district champs, six runner ups, and eleven qualifiers is the school record for them. So that was kind of neat. Wow. Wow. It certainly puts him in a good position to give Don Bosco a run for their money. That's for sure. So any other parting uh, things, Uh, any 
words of wisdom or uh where where's your what was your favorite where was your favorite place to eat in Des Moines when you were down there with wrestlers or coaches? Did you get away and, and find any place to, to eat down there? With the wrestlers or with the coaches? Because the coaches, we went to a big steakhouse that's no longer there. It was on floor, oh. right by the across from the park and the old hotel that used to sit there, but that's gone. Then there was mm-hmm. one that looked like a mafia <laughs> like <laughs> by a quarry that had incredible good food and and so but we didn't take the wrestlers there for the wrestlers we would go to an italian place out at the jordan creek mall uh i don't remember what it's called now it's still there but uh that was good now the, obviously the wrestlers can't eat very much so right <laughs> and we would go out on saturday night to a, a pizza place in johnston i can't remember that where you can watch them make the pizza and they toss it up oh really That's kind cool of cool so oh and on before the finals, we would go to the the garage. Uh, what's that called? West Western Des Moines, West Des Moines. Uh, the, uh, yeah, I forget what it's called, but good kind of home cooking sort of food. And really, after everyone's done wrestling, except unless someone was in the finals. So. Yeah. So, uh, I don't get out. So I don't. Uh... Uh, we used to we used to frequent a place called Daytona's off Merle Hay Road. Uh, usually, some of the riders would go out on on a Friday night, but we're getting too old, and uh, usually it's just whatever I bring with me or grab concession stuff. Yeah. So, I'll have my last warm meal tonight, um, and then uh, I won't get another one probably until. Uh, maybe a concession stand run Friday or Saturday, and then Sunday when I get back home. So, yeah, I'm trying, still trying to think. There, fans can find one of those places that you're talking about and and enjoy in between sessions. Yeah, I think it's a machine shed or something like that. Is one okay? That sounds that sounds familiar. Like that, that's good. Cool, cool. All right, well. Big week in front of us. Uh, hope everybody going down to Des Moines travels safely. Uh, weather should be really nice compared to uh, some other other years, including last year. So um, make sure you travel safely. Have a great time. Hope you fill up Wells Fargo Arena just like every every year. And uh, Coach Briggs, why don't you send us out? Let's keep wrestling on the move. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.